Welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. My great aunt is an avid seamstress sewer. She sews. She taught home economics at a college when she was younger and has sewn everything from elaborate coats to jackets, dresses, suits, and simple blankets. Growing up, when I would spend a week at my grandmother's, this involved also spending that time with my great aunt, as the two lived next door to each other, and they still do. She would help us with our designated sewing project for that week. Most often, it was very simple, like pillowcasing. I'm not very good at sewing, but perhaps my favorite project that we worked on is a large blanket made up of sweatshirt material on one side and a collage of sorts of different pieces of various t-shirts from my youth. T-shirts from different plays that I was in, old soccer jerseys, t-shirts from trips to like Canada and trips to Idaho, <laughs> or t-shirts that we made to commemorate camping trips for family reunions. All of this came together on one large blanket that I love. It's very heavy and it holds all these memories for me and it's warm which is great because I'm always cold. Sewing on my own is a task that I find most difficult as I struggle to understand sewing instructions generally but there is something very wonderful about making something of your own that you can wear or wrap yourself up in. So today we're going to talk about a small but very important tool in the world of sewing, one that happens to feature in a Broadway play, Peter Pan, specifically. If you're familiar, Peter Pan thinks that this tool is a kiss and gives it back to Wendy. Today we will be talking about the thimble. When making quick repairs to clothing by hand, the thimble is the warrior guard of the finger. I think it looks a little bit like a knight's helmet protecting our precious digits. Thimbles are cups of a sort that are worn on the fingers to protect them from the end of the needle, the part that's not sharp. I mean, it could also protect you from the sharp part. It will protect you from the needle, essentially. The word thimble comes from an old English word that meant thumb. Thimble was initially called a thumb bell because of its bell shape. The very first thimble dates back to around 30,000 years ago and was made from the tusk of mammoths and used by early humanity to sew pearls onto leather. It is suspected that the thimble was invented in very quick succession to the invention of sewing. Thimbles have been found dating back to the 10th century and they really took off and spread widely in the 14th century in England. Most of these thimbles were made of brass. There are a few exceptions, however, with more precious thimbles. For example, Queen Elizabeth I is said to have given a precious thimble to a lady-in-waiting. Thimble production centered around places known for good brass production. In the 15th century, this was Nuremberg in Germany, and production later moved to Holland in the 17th century. In 1693, we find John Lofting, a Dutchman, setting up shop in Islington in London, England. He began manufacturing thimbles at such an impressive rate, later moving to Buckinghamshire, in order to use water production to increase his capacity to the point that he was producing more than 2 million thimbles a year. At the end of the 18th century, production had moved to Birmingham, with silver thimbles also becoming popular for the first time because of cheaper silver from the Americas. The thimbles of this era were also taller and thinner. Thimbles were made of leather, metal, wood, rubber, glass, and china. Other materials included mother-of-pearl, bog oak, and Connemara marble, while other thimbles were also made of diamonds, rubies, or sapphires. Again, these are perhaps less practical. Aside from being used to push a needle through cloth, by the 16th century, thimbles took on more uses, and silver thimbles in particular became a gift to give to ladies. 
Slowly, thimbles became more keepsakes and collectibles, with thimbles made from gold or porcelain that were unusable for sewing altogether. Later, thimbles were even used to measure strong alcohols. They were used to measure spirits and gunpowder, which is where we get the phrase, just a thimbleful. Sometimes teachers would knock the head of a student that was misbehaving with a thimble. This was called thimble knocking. Thimbles made of sandalwood were also used to keep moths away in fabric shops. Initially, the small, like, dents on the outside of a thimble were made by hand, but later machines made these patterns. These machine-produced thimbles also became thinner and had a flatter head than handmade thimbles. Initially, silver thimbles weren't super effective either because the silver was soft enough that needles could puncture the thimble. Charles Horner came up with a solution wherein he made thimbles with a steel core covered with silver on the outside and inside of the thimble so it could still look pretty but be strong enough to actually have some functionality. He named the thimbles Dorcas, and they are a popular collection item now. In the Americas, we find early thimbles made of whalebone or whale tooth with scrimshaw designs. These are designs on the bones themselves. Many of these you can find on display in whaling museums. Sailmakers, however, have a much more intense version of a thimble because their work requires a lot more force than a thimble could handle. They would use sewing palms that would work like a thimble in that it was metal that was used to protect the hand, but the sewing palm would cover the whole palm up to the joint of the thumb and the fingers would be free to place the needle and thread. And then the sewer would use the entire palm of the hand and all the force they needed to exert to push the needle through the sail material, cloth, leather, etc. During World War II in England, silver thimbles were collected, either from people who had nothing else to give or even from the bodies of soldiers who had passed away. These thimbles were melted down to buy hospital equipment. While later in the 1930s and 40s, glass-topped thimbles became a tool for advertising. So as we already mentioned, thimbles could be given as a gift between lovers. However, there was a superstition that if one was given three thimbles, one would never get married. Aside from these thimbles, we also find thimblets, which are rubber thimbles of a sort, used more for turning pages in a book to protect you from paper cuts and to make turning the page easier. My grandfather had one of these, and I never knew what it was for, but now I know what that weird, like, pokey rubber thing was that would fit on your thumb. (laughs) Collector thimbles can fetch quite an impressive price as well, with some prices reaching £26,000 at auction. Whether they are decorating our displays of collector's items or protecting our fingers from needles and making our adventures across the high seas possible, thimbles are a little tool with a whole lot of utility that have been helping humanity for hundreds and hundreds of years. And for that, I'm very grateful. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening to this little tale about the thimble. I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care. (laughs) 